Welcome back to the Westerns for Life podcast with your hosts, Dan, Carlos, and Jeff. Episode 3. Howdy, cowboys and uh, cowgirls. This is uh, the Westerns for Life podcast, episode three. In this episode, we're covering Dan's... Uh, where he is? There he is. We're covering Dan's choice of movie, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance from 1962. But before we uh, take it over to Dan to introduce the film, let me just say that the uh, Westerns for Life podcast can be found not just here on YouTube, but also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and pretty much every platform where you can find your podcast. So you can listen to the episodes in audio form as well. And with that having been said, welcome everyone. And uh, welcome to my co-host, uh, um, Dan and Carlos. And Dan will uh, bring it to you for the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Yeah, so for this episode three of the Westerns for Life podcast, we're talking about the 1962 classic Western thriller directed by John Ford, the man who shot Liberty Valance which stars James Stewart and John Wayne. The plot. And this is told from the point of view of James Stewart's character, Ransom Stoddard, who tells of the days in the town in America, Shinbone, where he was beaten, assaulted and hassled daily much like the townspeople by the local gunslinger slash bandit played by lee marvin liberty valance and james stewart finds a unlikely ally in john wayne's character tom donovan who basically the only two people in this town who will stand up against liberty valance and his crew of bandits so that's kind of the brief plot without any spoilers the characters uh, we'll jump straight into the actors in this and it has an all-star cast and watching it for the first time in a few years you kind of realize the star power of this star power that you definitely don't get in modern cinema and at times it's almost overwhelming when you look back at kind of the back catalogue of John Wayne, Lee Marvin, James Stewart. So we'll actually start with James Stewart, who plays Ransom Stoddard. So, Jeff, what did you think of his character in this? Um, yeah, so he, his character, you know, Ransom Stoddard, he sort of, you know, starts off, I mean, not spoiling, you know, how the sort of the time structure of the film works, but, you know, he starts off, you know, if we t- take a look at the film chronologically, he starts off as a bit of a, uh, bit of a wimp, bit of a... Uh, Bit of a pansy, as they used to say, um, but yeah, obviously he's a more intellectual sort of man. Actually, this character and the sort of the setup for the film, it reminded me personally of a uh, spaghetti western from the sixties, from I think nineteen sixty-seven, Face to Face by Sergio Lima, where there's also a uh, sort of college professor sort of character in that who, who sort mm. of travels to the Wild yeah. West. Uh, sort of similarities with that film and uh, i think the james stewart character in this uh it works you know brilliantly he plays it very very well very well um and i think it's uh it's a great you know sort of 
uh, what's the word, a, a great arc for the character. Uh, you know, a sort of journey throughout the film. I think he uh, he plays it absolutely well. I love the character. I love how James Stewart uh, portrayed him. I uh, absolutely love it. What, what do you think, uh, Carlos? Oh, James Stewart. I mean, I personally love James Stewart in, in westerns, even more so than John Wayne, because John Wayne, hmm. obviously, he'd been, been doing westerns early on in his career. Um, but James Stewart, I always... The characters that he plays in westerns, I always pull for him because he's a little bit of the underdog. Uh, I mean, John Wayne's uh, a big lump of a man. Yeah. So in most of John Wayne's westerns, you know he's going to come out on top. But the characters that James Stewart plays, uh, he's always a little bit under the against the odds. And him, you know, posing as this kind of this lawyer. Um this sophisticated lawyer and obviously he gets humiliated in the movie several times uh, i don't think many actors could have played that part perfectly you know if you kind of role reversed it you certainly couldn't have had john wayne playing uh, james stewart's character no james stewart absolutely nailed this um that's why i i, I am a huge fan of, of him and the characters he plays in, in, in Westerns. Not your particular normal hero in Westerns. Yeah. And, and he's, made, he's made some great ones. Uh, and this one is probably, you could say, one of the, the, the better ones, probably if not the greatest one that he's, yeah. he's appeared in. So, yeah, top-notch performance. Um, real believable performance of the character. Um, of Ransom Stodard. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's picture perfect in, in this one for me. Uh, Dan, what do you think yeah. of James Stewart? Yeah, I absolutely love James Stewart. I've got many of his films in my DVD and Blu ray collection. Um, I think I'm pr probably in a few videos said that no matter what role he plays, he's always mm. so believable. Mm. Yeah. And like you, Carlos, I always really root for his character, especially when he's an underdog. And and particularly, this is one of my, my most favourite roles from him because he's a guy who wants to stand up for what's right, yeah. defend the people who are helpless, but he has got absolutely no idea how to defend himself other than his words. Uh, I love it that his character's morals and principles are intact. Um and yeah, he does. He does kind of look like the wimp, kind of the weed in this. But um, I, I just, I kind of, when I was watching this, I was thinking at the time, this is probably the most perfect casting you can get. Yeah. I, I just yeah. think whatever he applies himself to, whether it's Mr. Smith goes to Washington, this character Harvey is just absolutely incredible, and one of the most unique voices in Hollywood history as well. Oh, Love him. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's James Stewart. Then we'll move on to the Duke himself, um, the great John Wayne, who many would argue is the greatest cowboy of all time. Um, not for me, but Jeff, what do you think of John Wayne as Tom Donovan? Um, all right there, Pilgrim. <clears throat> Let's talk John Wayne, Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I first of all, I have to agree with what you said, and for me, it's also not the best uh, movie cowboy. Um, I take inspiration from the best movie cowboy in my dressing today, and so you guys know what I'm talking about. It's Clint Eastwood for me, but um, 
no, uh, all kidding aside, I do love John Wayne and these movies. I've seen uh, quite, quite, you know, huge number of his movies now over the, over the last sort of three to four years. That's when I sort of really became a fan of him. Um, yeah, that's for me is it's either my favorite film that he's appeared in, in favorite Western, or it's my second favorite. I, I, I always love Hondo with him. Uh, I, I just mm-hmm. love that film. Um, the Searchers, of course, is a great one. Uh, but this one is right up there for me. Uh, you know, not just for John Wayne, but also for Jimmy Stewart, like we you know talked about earlier. Uh, both of them just you know sell their parts very very well. They're both believable, incredible in the roles. Uh, yeah, and this in John Wayne, you know, role the Tom character, it just fits him like a tight glove, doesn't it? It's just tailor made. It seems like for John Wayne, and he he, he plays this part very very well. Uh, he's yeah, just like James Stewart, he, he's believable. He's just absolutely believable, and he uh, plays it wonderfully. So that's what I think of the Duke in this. Um, John Wayne. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for those who probably are watching this movie for the first time, they kind of may be surprised that John Wayne kind of takes a backward step in this movie because depending where you see shots of a poster or trailers uh, james stewart is is actually probably the main lead in it but i've also seen other sort of bits of information that john wayne's name is above and uh, what makes this a great western to watch you know the two of them these two western heavyweights coming together in, in in a western but um i mean john wayne you could you could sort of say really you know obviously he's made a stack of movies with john ford and basically was yeah. uh, his main actor uh, you know john wayne could have been pretty shitty and say you know i'm not taking sort of uh, second step on this i just want everything uh, you know me as the main lead and he does kind of take a backward step in this um in, in my opinion but that, that's not to say that what you're getting from John Wayne is your typical sort of fix set, typical American uh, rough sort of uh, cowboy uh, as, as as he normally plays in, in most of his westerns. Uh, I love the one-liners in, in, in this movie, uh, especially when he, he keeps calling. He never calls um, James Stewart's character um, uh, Ransom. He always calls him uh, Pilgrim uh, throughout yeah. the whole movie. And when you watch the movie, you think he's only going to say it a couple of times, but literally, yeah, he says it yeah. right through the whole movie. And I yeah. mean, people say that John Wayne is a, is an actor. A lot of his movies are more or less the same character. Nevertheless, I still enjoy watching his movies and uh, another fine performance even though personally for me i think there's a couple of actors that kind of uh, had better sort of um better parts in this movie and stood out a little bit more but that's not to say john wayne uh, doesn't sort of put in a great performance in this in this classic western so yeah john wayne was brilliant yeah yeah, for me, I I agree with agree with what both of you say. It's kind of sort of what I was leaning towards saying because I think looking through John Wayne's filmography, I love many of his films, and yet kind of the same kind of character a lot, much like some other movie stars have done. But this 
quite possibly is my favourite John Wayne performance. I think it's a completely selfless performance where there's certain other movies where you, you can feel, just see there's a bit of tension. But yeah. John Wayne's got no no qualms whatsoever with giving James Stewart the moment and the screen and, yeah, taking the, taking the back seat most of the film. Um, I just really appreciate John Wayne being John Wayne a lot more. Mm. You know, the rugged... No nonsense rancher, a proper man's man who's trying to teach, you know, kind of a wimpy character, some 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 lessons. And we get into this a bit later, but you know, at any given time, John Wayne's character could really put a stop to kind of the terrorization of this town. Um, and he's also a character who's got his morals and principles about him. And we've got, a, as we're going to segue off into Vera Miles, point out that John Wayne's character. And James Stewart character does have the same interest in Halley, played by Vera Miles, who I'll say before I jump to you, Jeff, I absolutely love Vera Miles. Women of the West. What do you yeah. think of her in this film? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about her as I was watching it earlier. Um, it just struck me like, Again, this film, you know, like the last film we talked about, you know, from the sixties. Again, it's it's a pretty pivotal sort of female character in in, in in the film. It's it's not like a role like she's she's the whore. She gets slapped around. It's not none of that. Um, you know, she's um, important to the story. Important to you know the two sort of main leads, uh, John Wayne and uh, uh, James Stewart, uh, as we talked about. And uh, yeah, again, Vera Miles. She's you know strikingly beautiful, um, even with the black and white photography. I mean, she's she's lit up you know very well in the film. Mm. Uh, the lighting certainly complements her. Um, and yeah, I think she does a uh, again a credible and uh, terrific job, just like you know her two uh, you know main um, uh, male, I should say, her, her two male uh, co-stars. I think she does great. What do you think of her, uh, Carlos? Um, I don't think I've seen a lot of her, even though she was in the first two Psycho movies, uh, Vera Miles. Um, I like the fact that, again, we have a strong female character into in this. And uh, yeah. when watching the movie, you kind of don't know which particular character she's going to go for. Um either the John Wayne character or the James Stewart character. Obviously, you find that in, you find that uh, towards the end of the movie. Um, and, you know, she plays like this kitchen stand, uh, kitchen uh, hand in, in one of the, uh, the main kind of bar and restaurant in, in the small town. And at first, you think she's only going to get a small role, but her character kind of develops a little bit more. Uh, obviously, she wants to learn. Uh, she, you know, James Stewart's character um, realizes that you know he takes a shine to her, and she can't read or write, which you know becomes an interest where she wants to learn how to read and write. And obviously, the connection between those two characters develop. Uh, but then also, also that kind of it's not so much a love a love triangle, but John Wayne's character always thinks that he's going to win the girl because he's building his uh, he's building his ranch uh, up. Mm. 
basically that he thinks he's going to marry uh, the Halley character. Um, yeah. And at one point, he, you know, he, she actually stands up to John Wayne in a very important scene where she's kind of like the shy, the shy girl working in the kitchen. But as the movie develops, she becomes yeah. quite strong minded. And I, I did like that that sort of scene when she really stood up to the John Wayne character, uh, who can be quite intimidating. Uh, so I thought she'd done really, really well in, in this. You know, I think if anyone's watching this movie for the first time, would probably think that this is going to be a fairly smallish part for you know for this female uh, actor that Vera Miles plays, and it's a, it's a very strong performance, which you don't yeah, get in, uh, you don't really get enough in westerns, especially you know at that time in the sixties uh, and the fifties. You didn't see a lot of female strong leads in Western. So I thought yeah. her role was very important to the movie. And Dan? Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with you. I mean, much like the last film we discussed, The Mercenary, um, the female character in that, I think Vera Miles is kind of quite parallel in, in, in many ways. The evolution of her character is brilliant. I remember when I first watched this and I thought, like yourself, Carlos, I thought a, a very small role. I didn't instantly recognise her from seeing her in Psycho, um, but it has grown on me, her performance, to be one of my favourite just female performances in, in classic Hollywood. Yeah. I, I absolutely love her whole arc and her evolution from from starting as that kind of innocent, kind of uneducated lady in Halley to becoming, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but real kind of... Um, prim and proper lady with yeah. still kind of a humility about her. Um, yeah, and the, the, the kind of, you touched upon uh, John Wayne always thinks he's going to get her in the, this film, but when he conceives that she wants James Stewart's character, I think that's um, quite a fantastic uh, piece yeah. of cinema right there. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, that br brings me on to the great um, Lee Marvin as Liberty Valance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I gotta say, as much as I love the uh, you know the sort of the heroic performances or or the uh, the good guy roles in the, in this film, I should say, it's the villain for me in this film that really really uh, steals the show, and that that is Lee Marvin. Um, not taking anything away from you know the three actors we just talked about, but Lee Marvin, he really he plays a right nasty mm. evil bastard in this, doesn't he? Um, he steals the show whenever he appears, you know, right from his very first scene where he's holding up the stagecoach with um, with James Stewart as a, as a passenger. Uh, and when he says, uh, you know, what kind of man am I, dude? Boom, and he just, you know, whacks him on the head with, 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 the, with the pistol. Uh, which I, I, I did find out weird is how he kept calling people dude. I don't know how appropriate mm. you know, the, the word dude mm. is for, for, for this yeah. time, time era, but still, I, I could look past it. Uh, but yeah, he absolutely. I I love Lee Marvin. He's he's. I'm, I'm not gonna say he's my favorite character necessarily in this film, but he he comes very very close. He's he's a joy to watch. He's just an evil bastard that you uh, sort of love to root against, uh, that you sort of love to hate, I guess. Um, yeah, I love him, love him, and I love his uh, little gang of uh, of free, you know, his minions, I guess. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna talk about one of them. A bit later on but uh yeah he's absolutely fantastic one of the one of the best villains for me in a western he's 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 right up there 
Yeah, I mean, Lee Marvin, what a, what a performance. Uh, personally, for me, I, I, I think as much as I love James Stewart and the more I watch the movies of John Wayne, I've become more of a fan. Lee Marvin's performance in this is just outstanding. It really does stand out. Um, you know, there are sort of portions of the movie that he doesn't appear, but God, when he turns up, yeah, there's like fear. You know, he plays the villain. I, I liked his, 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 his kind of the look of him. We had that sort of black sort of um, waistcoat. And that sort of weapon that he used, it was kind of like a uh, like a little uh, yeah. knob ball whip it was. And uh, I mean, we will talk about some of our favourite scenes. Um, I'm pretty sure we will. But I mean, Lee Marvin really plays a, a nasty bastard, a believable villain. Um, and I think early part of his career, he actually played the villain role quite a few times. Um, I think one of my very first uh, movies from his career as far back uh, the, the the Big Heat which is kind of like a noir movie oh, yeah. uh, from the early 50s he played again a, a real nasty piece of work in that one um, I'm pretty sure I think I've read that John Wayne wanted him in this movie because he appeared in the Comancheras which is yeah. the western which was a year the movie, before this yeah. the movie before this uh, you know him playing such a convincing convincing roles that he wanted Lee Marvin to be in this movie um, I mean every scene that he's in he really does steal the show for me he really yeah. looks intimidating um, to the point where he really does humiliate your character you know He's he's a bully. He's a right bully. Yeah, he's a, yeah. yeah as, as well as being a, a villain, he's a bully, and he enjoys yeah. being a bully. And you know, quite a few times, he's, he's literally got James Stewart's character down on his knees. And great acting from the both of them. Uh, you know how convincing they, they they can be. But I mean, Lee Marvin, it was absolutely. I, I, I like to think that this was one of those movies that really pivoted his career, as he kind of came into the 60s onwards uh, the, the late sort of the mid 60s and the late 60s you know he, this performance for me uh, a great look great villain um for me probably the, like you know what you guys have uh, jeff said obviously james stewart and john wayne might take a lot more the credit for this movie but for me lee marvin really really deserves the credit yeah. for this movie for, for it being as good as it is because a convincing villain role uh, outstanding Jeff no Dad, I should say <laughs> yeah th this one for me is uh, again much like the mercenary we talked about on the last episode um the villain not being in it enough Lee Marvin in this he's not in it anywhere near as I thought he'd be but it is the right amount. It is a villain absolutely done right. And I've got to say, for 1962, his acts are brutal. And you yeah. feel his acts. And I mean, it's quite a violent film, really, for, for, for kind of the, the period. Um, yeah, Lee Marvin's one of them, a big fan of. And I think no matter whether it's villain in his early days or playing the, the hero, so to speak, I think he's absolutely fantastic. But... I think for me, this would 
possibly have to stack up as one of the best villainous performances in in western history um i think it's a very intimidating one and like you pointed out jeff is a bully no one likes a bully Mm. and this is a film where i mean how many times i watch it I will, I will kind of cheer for kind of one particular scene, which I nearly said, but I don't want to say. But yeah, kind of, I really sort of cheer inside. But yeah, what an absolute bastard! Um, next one we're going to go for is is a character that an absolutely bumbling fool, a, a coward, a wimp for the town sheriff in Andy Devine. Um, quite a comedic performance. Even there's a scene where kind of the um, saloon saloon doors hit him on the backside and it's like he just brings a comedy that fits what do you think of him as uh what's his marshall link apple yard uh, <laughs> yeah the bumbling sheriff yeah I, I i love that character um again sometimes you know most of the times you know the sort of the comedy and, and westerns and spaghetti westerns so I'm, I'm not all for comedy i usually just want a sort of straight you know forward you know sort of movie but with this one, I think the comedy with 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 the sheriff it works because it, it, it's in small amounts, and I think you know the 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 actor Andy Devine. I think he just plays it you know just right. He uh, he's you know perfect casting for this role. I, I would say as the uh, the bumbling idiot sheriff. Um, yeah, <laughs> very yeah, very funny scenes. I absolutely love this character. I I really enjoyed seeing his character. Um, it's almost to the point where I wanted more of him, but I think that would have been overkill if we had yeah. more of him. I think it was just the right amount of uh, of, of sort of comedy yeah. relief with him. So yeah, again, I like the character. Nothing, uh, nothing bad to say about it, really. Yeah, I've I got to agree as well with the comedy. Um, I've seen him a few in, in a few movies where he, he's popped up, and like you, Jeff, I think. You know, it being quite a violent movie, like Dan described, you know, you know, with the beatdowns and the whipping scenes. But that comedy, that touch of comedy kind of evens it out a little bit. Yeah, you need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you didn't have that, then probably, you know, you, you, you're kind of looking at this movie to be cut or banned, or, you know, possibly. In, in certain scenes but you know a lot of the whippings and the beatdowns were kind of thinned out some of it was off camera and stuff but Andy Devine I enjoyed his comedy moments uh, I mean for a sheriff that he plays you know he plays the marshal I mean all I can say is I don't think he kind of um, arrested many people I think he'd done a lot more eating than <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of keeping uh people in in the town in check because i mean the size of his belly and like you know every time there was a, a free handout in food he was there he was there you know, yeah. steak and potatoes <laughs> and literally when liberty valance come into town he literally was hiding under the tables uh, but yeah i thought he was a real you know the moments that he's in is it, quite sort of uh you laugh you, you do sort of chuckle a little bit but again not overdone and just the right balance. Uh, sometimes in comedy, it can be a little bit too much. But I, I enjoyed, I, I, you know, I enjoyed this performance. Again, sometimes I was thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, keep the camera on him. And but yeah, John Ford done it. He done it perfectly, really, because you know you don't want it kind of falling into a comedy bracket. Yeah, but yeah, 
yeah, played the marshal really, really well. Your opinion, yeah. Dan? Uh, I really enjoy Joy's character, and I do love a food ponce in, in films. It's like whenever the states <laughs> are cooking, it come in the back door. And I remember the first time watching it, I, I couldn't see properly, but the actual, um, what do you call them, proprietors of, of the establishment have got a chalkboard up with Marshall yeah, with all these how many free and meals? every time, yeah. every yeah. Three, three meal he gets, it's, it's yeah. another cross. But yeah, it's like I've never seen a guy demolish steaks like that. And uh, mm. yeah, I just, I just, just love it when Liberty Valance is in there, he's out the back. But still eating his free food, he can't stay away. And um, there's that <laughs> yeah. particular scene where uh, he comes storming out and he says, Tell him Link Appleyard drove him away. And I thought, You've had nothing to do with it. He's just, <laughs> he's just a funny character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And bring it on now to, so I was saying to Jeff earlier, um, Woody Strode in this film. Now, what? What I noticed, I, I love Woody Strode. Guy looks as strong as an ox, and you can see his strength demonstration in this film. But what I noticed, because of the colour of his skin in this particular period, is you notice that he never drinks in the saloon, and he never actually eats in the restaurant. I was thinking, why is that? And my understanding now, it's because the colour of his skin, yeah. the yeah. apartheid yeah. in America. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out, but... Not not got a big part in this film, not not much dialogue at all, but I think he's incredible. What do you think, Woody Strode, Jeff? Yeah, indeed. He doesn't have the biggest part in this, but, you know, whenever, you know, he, the camera sort of is on him, you know, you, your attention is drawn to him because he's such a great, you know, he has such a great presence and charisma on screen. And, uh, yeah, as you said, he's a bit like an ox. He's a big, strong-looking sort of guy, intimidating-looking guy. Um who apparently he, he was a real sweetheart and, and he does you know um you know, sort of show us you know a bit more softer side in this film as well but uh, yeah. yeah woody woody strode great great actor uh great face you you always recognize his face whenever he pops up in, uh, in one of these films obviously you know he was used brilliantly by uh, sergio leone in the opening scene of once one time in the west where he gets these fantastic close-ups and stuff um but yeah, just whenever he pops up again, he, he might not have the biggest part in, in, in a film like this, but your attention is sort of drawn to when it, when the camera is on him because he just has that sort of uh magnetism to him. That sort of you know, he, he pulls you in a bit. He's great, I love Woody Strode, love Woody. Yeah, I mean, when watching this movie, uh, whether you've seen the movie uh, before or not, you will go into this movie and what you are seeing are Western uh, actor and that, well, I say actor legends because a lot of these actors who appear in this Western were actually in Westerns before and developed into having a, a bigger career into Westerns. And obviously, Woody Strode popped up in many, many Westerns. Obviously, once upon a time in the West, uh, his most famous one. But it's good to see him in a Western where he's actually talking. Um, a very recognisable face, mainly because yeah. of, of his physical presence. Um, I, I liked his part as, as John Wayne's kind of, kind of right-hand man, Pompey. Um, yeah, he was always reliable uh, to, to the Tom character. And uh, I mean, just, just one of those kind of legendary faces in Westerns. I mean, even his last movie, the quick and the dead he, he popped up in that one uh, he was probably 
got to be in the 70s or even Probably 80s. Like yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, you always have a bit of credibility when you get these Western movie regulars pop up in these in movies. And Woody Strode, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he played his part in, in, this, in, in this movie for me. Um, what do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, he's a, he's a a name and a face. Whenever I see him in a western, I just think it puts a smile on my face. Uh, he's just mm. one of them guys. I just think whatever the role, he brings the film up a little bit, even how small it is. Uh, it just mm. it just seems real likable. And as Jeff pointed out again, I won't give away any spoilers, but you see the soft softer side of the emotional side of him in this, which I thought was really nice for such a, a big guy. And I yeah. love his absolute loyalty to John Wayne's character in this and kind of his mannerisms, how polite he is. Brilliant, like, like almost like the friendly giant. Um, but yeah. this film as well, exactly. I want to point out, watching this, my other half said to me, why do you keep smiling at this film? Oh, right. but it, it, it was just the absolute overwhelming Hollywood heavyweights on screen. And I said to Jeff before we hit record on this, you don't get that now. John yeah, Wayne yeah. and James Stewart, who can you get to compare to that? It's just absolutely, no matter how many times I watch this, I just smile with so many brilliant scenes. Um, yeah. Just gold, this film, for me. That brings me on they to just, another... They just don't make them like this anymore. They don't make yeah. them like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely exactly. not. It's, if you've got an appreciation for film, um it, it is something special this and bring on to another name and he wasn't particular particularly famous a small part i think he maybe has two pieces of dialogue but it's gone on to be a legend you could argue again one of the best cowboys ever definitely let's leave van cleef of course angel eyes himself yeah there he is uh, next to uh, lee marvin right there not the best shot of lee marvin there but it is a good shot there of uh, lee van cleef mm. yeah uh yeah the uh angel eyes angel eyes himself has a little role in this film yeah sort of the uh the second baddie to the left as a as the expression is um yeah sort of a sidekick to uh, lee marvin but yeah again when, when he appears you know standing there next to lee marvin uh, especially if you've seen you know uh, lee van cleese later work you know the good the bad the ugly for a few dollars more uh death whites horse whatever all the spaghetti westerns uh, even Escape from New York, where he, he, he appeared in, uh, you know, your eyes are like, hey, wait a minute, next to Lee Marvin, is that Lee Van Cleef? Yeah, that's Lee Van Cleef right over there. And again, yeah, he doesn't have the biggest part in this, but, you know, he's noticeable. He stands out because, you know, like, especially if you've seen his later work. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see Lee Van Cleef. Always good to see him. Yeah, absolutely. Lee Van Cleef, uh, absolute legend in Westerns. Um, yeah, we've got to say also that, I mean, before Cleef actually got really popular and made his name uh, as a big actor in Europe, you know, he appeared in High Noon and he oh, yeah. appeared in He was the many, first face in High Noon that you see. Yeah, yeah. the first face. Yeah. So literally, that role uh, in High Noon he would then go on to appear in uh, a lot of the uh, American Westerns from the 50s and, and sort of early 60s before Sergio Leone wanted to uh, use him in the Dollar Trilogy movies where he would make his name. Uh, so he really did kind of put his time 
as, as, a, as a kind of minor supporting actor. Um, I do like the scene where, you know, John Wayne kind of squares up to him in the bar, you know, to have leaving Cleef and John yeah. Wayne in, in, in a scene. Um, he's kind of like the main, uh, obviously there's like three in the gang, but kind of Liberty Valance's main sort of, um, his main sort of guy in the gang. Obviously, you've got Strother Martin, who always plays a villain in yeah. Westerns and would pop up. But he would always play kind of more of a weasel character, always always laughing and, and, and sort of taking the mick. But Lee Van Cleef looks really serious and nasty in this one. But, uh, yeah, definitely added again to the movie as well. I mean, people might go into this not really not actually realising that Lee Van Cleef is in this movie. So, you, you know... Not only are you getting James Stewart and John Wayne and all these other great actors who appeared in westerns, you've got the great Lee Van Cleef in this one, and yeah. he definitely adds some sort of oomph uh, to you know yeah. Yeah. to the movie as well. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so uh, first time I see him in this, um, I see him in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly first, and it's not a strikingly kind of prominent. So the work Leone does with him is just he's such an iconic face, just just the eye shot. But it's great to see him in this film. Um would have been nice for a few more bits of dialogue, but there's always one scene I always look at, and it's because my granddad always used to argue Lee Van Cleef could draw his pistol quicker than Eastwood. And the scene where he draws it on John Wayne, I always look at that and rewind it of how quick he does. I think that guy is just phenomenally quick. And you talking about the Westerns he was in before, I forgot how many Westerns he was actually in before and how long it took him to really get famous. But, um, yeah, yeah, you can't go much wrong with having your sidekick as Lee Van Cleef. I mean, what, what a cast. Behind a camera. On to the director. I mean, I've listed, I won't go through them all, but my favourite from John Ford, he, he made 14 movies with John Wayne, yeah. four with James Stewart, but what an absolute filmography. He's got to be one of the very best in Hollywood. What do you think of John Ford, Jeff? Yeah. Um, you pretty much just said it there quickly there in passing, but yeah, legend. Um done so many great films this is one of them there's yeah again like like i said with john wayne as well probably one of my favorites uh of his is, is this one again the searchers i think yeah that was john Ford as well that's a fantastic film uh obviously you got stagecoach and uh, you know some other classics like that yeah 14 films with john wayne bloody hell I, I, I even i didn't realize it was that many but yeah they did mm. they did do that many um yeah legend legend and uh I also did like his choice to go black and white uh, with, with this film. Um, I, I think we're going to talk about this in, in a minute, but um, obviously before this, John Ford himself has even done you know, films films in color. You know, uh, many films you know, in color exist before this one. Obviously, this was 1962, the same year that uh, Dr. No came out, for example, which was a great Technicolor film. So color was around. So it, it sort of... I found it a bit weird at first, like why did they choose to go uh, black and white for this one? Um, obviously, we're going to get into that, but I do like the choice. Um, and I think it works for this film. And I think he does a fantastic bang on job directing as usual. 
some great shots in here. Uh, like I said, you know, I point out the lighting and stuff, uh, you know, for black and white film, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so absolutely love the director behind this, John Ford, legend. Yeah. Yeah, great actor, um, great director, I should say, uh, John Ford. I mean, it's hard to sort of mention John Wayne when you say John Ford. You instantly have their names side by side because they've made so many movies together. Um, it's quite hard for me to judge if this one's better than The Searchers because for me, The Searchers is kind of more your, your typical kind of action Western where this one was actually based on a short story and it actually became a play. It does have that sort of stage play feel to it. Yeah. And the movie's more character sort of driven, based, rather than it being an action Western. So they're two completely different Westerns, uh, The Searchers and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance for me. Um, but I mean, John Ford, I mean, yeah, I mean, what Dan says, without a doubt, one of the finest directors uh, that made movies. Um, you know, not just this West, not just this movie in Western, uh, many, many others that he's made um, stand out movies from, from his career. Um, yeah. It's just a great, great uh, director, and um, yeah, I mean, like I say, one of one of the greats in, in in cinema history for me. And Dan, what do you think of John Ford? Yeah, so as I said, he is one of the legends, one of the greatest. And for those watching or listening, I'll just point out a few other films. I won't list off all my favourites, mm. but some really um, kind of ones held in high regard you got rio grande yeah you remember my the quote calvary on that one. rio grande yeah yeah he does um, calvary movies with john wayne yeah, yeah the cavalry yeah 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 she wore a yellow ribbon the searchers of course horse soldiers and possibly john wayne's most diverse performance in the mm, quiet I man yeah, um, yeah quiet man yeah stay stagecoach grapes of wrath and of course my darling clementine so there's just just a taste of his filmography went back 1920 maybe before yeah. all the way up to yeah, about a bit before. so it's very impressive but yeah like you said carlos it's hard to sort of not say john wayne john ford in the same breath when you when you you talk of western movies so we're going to go on do, to a few of our... I do say Sorry, one thing, on. Dan. I do say one thing. I, I, I do think John um, John Ford is kind of like the creator of the widescreen shots that we get in Western movies. Obviously, other mm. directors duplicated where he would use a lot of scenic um, shots. Mm. Not so much in this movie. Uh, but it's quite evident when you see movies like uh, The Searchers yeah, especially, especially that yeah. one. Yeah, especially that one, um, and obviously Sergio Leone and, and many other sort of directors would use that. So I think John Ford is like kind of the, the creator of the scenic wide shots uh, in Western movies and movies that followed. So you know, just highly influential. Yeah, yeah, highly influential with yeah. those kind of widescreen shots. Um, yeah, even though he doesn't do that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, and just uh, we touched upon earlier, we're going to get to this. Um, some of our favorite scenes. 
favorite scenes. And the other two, Jeff. Um, favorite scene. I'm gonna try not to spoil some because some of my favorite scenes would, would contain spoilers. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna point out just a few that aren't really uh, spoiler heavy, but. Yeah, one of my favorite sort of comedic scenes with the sheriff character that we talked about is um, hmm. when he sort of first introduced, I think it's it's in his first scene where uh, he's sort of saying like, I can't do anything about Liberty Valance because it happened outside my territory and stuff. And I think, yeah, James Stewart said, yeah, you're, you're right. You're actually legally, you can't do it. He says, I'm right. He doesn't even, yeah, I thought that was really funny how he said that. And then, yeah, like Dan said, you know, the uh sort of the proprietor of the uh, of the of the uh, the restaurant sort of chalking up how many free meals he's had i thought that was really funny to see i was like <laughs> fucking hell look at that he's had so, so many free meals this guy um yeah the opening introduction of lee marvin and the i guess it's also uh chronologically i should add the introduction of uh, james stewart's character where with the, uh, the stagecoach uh, hold up, uh, I do like that scene in its entirety. I think both of them just you know play that part, play that scene very well. Uh, John Wayne's introduction, I think, is is really good as well. Uh, of course, every time John Wayne says "Pilgrim" to <laughs> uh, James Stewart, uh, I, I chuckle because I should add that you know before I watched this film, before I watched many John Wayne films, I was very familiar with uh, the Family Guy bit where. Uh, Peter Griffin on Family Guy, he, he does that part. He, he just, you know, sort of imitates John Wayne. He's like, all right, Pilgrim, I'm John Wayne, Pilgrim. He sort of, throughout the episode, goes around doing that. Okay, ready? I'm John Wayne at the first Thanksgiving, Pilgrims. Happy Thanksgiving, Pilgrims. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that, that sort of, and then I was, when I watched this film and I heard him say Pilgrim, and I was like, oh, that's where Family Guy got it from. <laughs> it's from this movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, some favorite scenes. Uh, again, I really want to do this without without spoiling too much. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, a lot of my favorite scene, scenes come from the finale, and let's keep it at that. Um, yeah, let's keep it at that. Um, bring it over to you, Carlos, for some more uh, favorite scenes. Uh, favorite scenes in the movie, um, a couple. Uh, obviously, one of the first ones is the obvious introduction of Lee Marvin's character, uh, Liberty Valance, the use of the whip for, you know, for its day, it's like he does use it quite a bit in the movie. Um, and I love that bit where he sort of says to James Stewart I'll make you learn about law or teach you about law and he instructs him uh, when he kind of holds the stagecoach up uh, so that's the first time that um, James Stewart's character does get humili uh, literally humili gets humiliated um, yeah. and uh, more scenes w w with the use of the whip obviously a character that we haven't mentioned was is, is the kind of the newspaper guy Peabody um, yeah. gets brutally attacked by Liberty Valance and his men when they're kind of waiting in the dark. Um, yeah, that was quite a brutal scene um, for me. But for me, hands down, I mean, obviously people talk about uh, the finale, which I won't talk about with no spoilers. But for me, re-watching this again, I forget how good 
that sort of second scene at Lee Marvin, Liberty Valance, when he comes into town, the, the, the steak scene in, in, in the bar restaurant, uh, for me, 15 minutes of tension between James Stewart, uh, Lee Marvin, and, uh, and John Wayne. The way Liberty Valance just literally bursts the doors through and just goes stomping through, where he kind of has a bit of a standoff point with uh, John Wayne uh, in, in that. And obviously, the state gets thrown on the floor. Um, love that scene. Really do love that scene. Obviously, all the main players are involved in that scene. Obviously, Woody Strode as well. That's kind of like his backup uh, man uh, to John Wayne. Um, a real funny scene in that, during during that scene where Lee Marvin's, uh, one of his men, played by Strofer Martin, he kind of, uh, he's kind of hidden in the background where he, he sort of says, oh, I'll take care of that. And John Wayne he kicks kind him. of kicks him. Yeah. He kicks him and kicks him down literally without, without even looking at him. I just absolutely burst into tears of that because John Wayne, he didn't even look at him. He just like threw out yeah. a sort of kick, knocked him down. I thought that scene was really, really good. I said, you pick um, it up, Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, you know, and obviously, you know, Stogard sort of says afterwards when Liberty Valance goes out of town with his men and he, you know, he, he's shooting the pistols. Um, he said, you know, have you gone kill crazy? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to kill for, for a piece of steak, uh, which I found that quite funny. But for me, that's 15 minutes of great tension. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it's, it's, it's the sort of standout scene for me uh, because having Lee Marvin, Lee Van Cleef, uh, John Wayne and James Stewart in the same scene together is just a piece of work for me. Yeah. It, clearly the favourite scene for me. And you, Dan? Yeah, so I mentioned a, a few other scenes um it's always stuck with me for the first time i've watched it but when um james stewart character follows john wayne to his ranch and john wayne's trying to teach him how to shoot by lining up the paint cans that's a good scene <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 john wayne shoots a paint can james stewart gets splattered with paint yeah. and knowing the type of character james stewart is he just runs up to him and gives him a right hook and puts him on the floor but yeah. why it's always stuck with me is because of how john wayne takes it he doesn't retaliate and he just laughs it off i've always found that scene quite entertaining yeah. i also without any spoilers again do love uh one of the dual scenes in this where it's told at showed one part of the film from one perspective and I always think for this sort of period in, in, in cinema it was quite different to sort of other films around there and from later on in the film it's told from a different perspective and I absolutely love that scene and there is always one thing that really sticks for me that you can just see from James Stewart's reaction on the train at the end mm. uh, where kind of the train person what do you call him like assistant going up and he says uh anything for the man who shot liberty valance now if you watch that film you will sort of realize the importance of that i just yeah. i really like that and i just think to myself how's that character feeling again you'd need to watch it or have watched it to understand that but yeah i thought i'd just point out them kind of more more subtle bits of the film yeah um moving on to if we think we've got any 
sort of negatives about the film, Jeff? Don't think I really have any. Um, no, I, I I love the story. Obviously, I think it's a very very strong you know story. I love the way it's told. Uh, I love you know behind the camera the filmmaking. Behind, I, li I like the music score for it. Even though I have to say. When the, when the film first started up and you hear sort of the main theme as the credits are rolling, for a split second there, I thought it was the Superman theme from uh, John Williams. It, it sounded very, very similar with some of the bars of, of, the, of the main theme. Mm. I don't know if that was just me, but, um, but you know, I, I really don't really have any negativ negativities about this film. Um, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of... Um, black and white films i don't mind black and white but if if possible i prefer color if you know what i mean but even that didn't really uh, you know disrupt anything for me I, I love like i said the use of black and white and like the uh, the black and white photography in it um so yeah not really any bad points from from this end for me no okay so we'll do good points and bad points we'll do bad points now um for me, I think the theme, a soundtrack, uh, could have been a lot, lot better. But then, you know, I'm not saying you're going to get Nino Morricone for this, but it's not a theme that I'm, I'm familiar with. Um, that's kind of a slight nitpick. Um, I could also say maybe a little bit more gunplay. But then at the same time, this is kind of more like a stage play Western. Uh, more story based and character based. You're not going to get machine guns in this. It's about characters. Yeah. So they're only the kind of real minor points uh, that I've, I've got about this movie. Uh, it's it's a near perfect movie for me. Um, and you, Dan? I do not have one negative about this film. Um, not saying it's absolutely perfect, but um, it flies by whenever yeah. I watch it. Yeah, uh, I, I think the casting is absolutely spot on. I mean, not a negative, but kind of after the climax, kind of maybe the last 10 minutes isn't my preferred part when normally you have yeah. a climactic ending. The, the kind of last 10 minutes is kind of a bit of a, a tail off um, to what's just come before it, but not a negative. It's just the way the story is told. It's start, told from to fill people in again you got to be careful with spoilers but it's told from james stewart's character's perspective probably they don't really give you a timeline but i'd, I'd guess maybe 20-ish years on and he's telling yeah, about events like, yeah yeah something like that yeah. previous events um yeah any well of course there's loads but you you're kind of pluses of this film you have any Jeff? What you'd yeah, like to point out? Yeah, I just I think I just mentioned them in my previous round. I, I, I love the cast, I love the actors, uh, I love the characters, I love the uh, the setting. Uh, I like that it's a bit more condensed. That it's pretty much in this you know in this little town, the, the majority of the film, and you know some parts on the on the outskirts of town. Um, yeah, like I said, I like the black and white photography in it. Uh, actually, yeah, the music, like Carl said, it's not it's not the most memorable Western movie score uh, it's not it's <clears throat> excuse me it's not a western sort of score or music score that, that i would listen to outside this film but with this film uh, with the scenes i think it's serviceable i think it fits with with the scenes in this film it's just not one that you're going to be like you know like a more going score or whatever 
it's not one that you're going to be whistling for days after uh but still uh like i said for the movie it, it works for the film I'm just not sure how it works outside the film it's not like i said it's not one that i will listen to on spotify or whatever um but yeah other than that yeah pretty much all positive uh on this film for me uh, just like uh Carlos just mentioned it's a near perfect uh film actually yeah I would almost say it's a, it's almost a perfect film for me personally. It uh, it comes yeah, it, it's a really good one. It's good. I love it, Carlos. Uh, the good points about it. I mean, number one, you got the first teaming of uh, James Stewart and John Wayne. I mean, you could probably say it's kind of like at that time. The first time Pacino and De Niro made a movie or something like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, where you got two guys, two actors that are much loved appearing in the movie. Uh, obviously, they did appear in a few more movies after, but this is their kind of their main, their main one, their, the, the, the classic that they appeared in. Uh, the cast is absolutely amazing. It really is. I mean, you've got a stack of stars. I mean, we've we, we done an episode on The Magnificent Seven. But again, that's an amazing cast. But that cast wasn't as as, as kind of established as much as, as someone like you know John Wayne, James Stewart, Vera Miles, uh, and obviously Lee Marvin had been around you know a good ten years as much as uh, as well as Lee Van Cleef. So you got a real experienced, uh, good cast, great actors. And sort of upcoming uh, very good actors um so that that makes the movie even more of a classic for me uh, i like the, t the kind of the, the the tight small town feeling and that also adds to it the black and white um thing we all mentioned in a little bit of trivia after after dan's one uh, i actually like the black and white idea of it and i'll explain that to why it was done in black and white or what i've read up on but it's it's a perfect movie for me it's, it's near perfect apart from maybe a little bit more gunplay um but the acting is, is just top notch and yeah. uh, i think even for neutrals would enjoy this um would enjoy this movie that the, there's just sheer quality on hand when you watch this movie you know, it's all all good points great points into why you should watch the man who shot liberty valence and you dan yeah i can only second that i was i was thinking before we recorded this i think this is probably one of them westerns i'd recommend as a a, a great starting point of storytelling yeah. character driven and just as as i say what watching this again with kind of the drivel we get produced made nowadays it's just becomes quite overwhelming when you haven't visited it for so long it's just wow this is absolutely amazing to see all these these names on screen and even though there was a couple that wasn't as big as they went on to be it's just it's incredible and yeah as i say there's very few films I'd give perfect score, but I mean, this isn't far short of perfect. I just really haven't got a negative. As I say, for to sit there and think of a film 120 minutes and it just flies by and you yeah. feel like you've only sat there for 
45 minutes uh, that's testament to how enjoyable a film is and i think i've probably seen this film four or five times easily yeah um so yeah we move on to trivia um any trivia from you jeff on this one I'll be honest, I didn't look up too much. Uh, all I did know is that, yeah, uh, Lee Marvin, he did appear previously in The Common Cheros, which was a, a year before this one. And I think it's the film that John Wayne did before this. Uh, yeah, that was the reason why Lee Marvin was picked uh, for this role, because John Wayne enjoyed working with him mm -hmm. in that film. Um, other than that, yeah, I was wondering about the black guy. I know Carlos has more on that, so uh, yeah. bring it over to Carlos. If that's yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of found it a little bit odd. Obviously, I kept thinking for some strange reason this was a movie made in the 1950s. I always keep thinking that because obviously High Noon was made in the early 50s, um, which I know, which is another favourite of mine. But this one, made in 1962, I, I was thinking surely they would have done colour. And obviously The Searchers was, was before. So that kind of got me really, really curious. I mean, some bits that I read up on was like maybe Paramount was cutting costs. Um, there's no definite answer. That's just one of the, the stories that I read up on. I don't believe that. Um, John Ford seems to think that the black and white work better, especially for the ending, because you do get a few scenes with shadows where, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously where Peabody gets um, beat up and Liberty Valance's men are waiting in, in the shadows and obviously the ending, uh, the kind of the twist, I should say, uh, shadows uh, appear in, in, in a scene. I'm not going to say which character. Yeah, shadows play a large part of that. Yeah, a big that's... part in, in, in that. And, and yeah. he did with a lot of the movies in the 30s and 40s. And also at the same time, John Wayne and James Stewart would have been in their early 50s, but kind of an old sort of early 50s compared to some of the actors of, of today. So by having the film done in black and white, it kind of hid, kind of disguised their age a little bit to the actual characters. That was based on the short story. So that I kind of believe a little bit more rather than Paramount was cutting costs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of my theory. I mean, I, I like the idea where, you know, John Ford says that he wanted to use shadows because if you see in this movie, there's quite a lot of scenes with shadows in it. Uh, so that's why I kind of got curious, because obviously High Noon was a film made in black and white. Uh, it's called by the mid-50s, black and white movies were, everything was going in colour. Yeah, that's why. That's what I've kind of learned yeah. on. You know, I was I was thinking you was going to say because of the use of blood, because there's a bit more blood than... yeah. Yeah, could, could be another but, reason. Yeah, yeah that works, um, especially when Peabody gets uh, beat up. Um, yeah, I mean that, that was a real beat down. That really is. But you said about the the age of the actors, and because it's there's two time frames, isn't there? Yeah. Um, Obviously, the I mean, James, well. Yeah, so maybe I mean on the Blu-ray. Of course, we talk about releases, but I think you can you can sort of tell a bit of the makeup around here with James Stewart um yeah. of course the aging makeup aesthetics wasn't as as great as they are now um but yeah, yeah i mean i was looking forward to that that trivia um yeah i haven't it's been one of them where i was watching it and i thought why is this shot in black and white so i i, I keep forget, forgetting it's 62 but i almost didn't want to look it up there's certain films i 
don't want to kind of know reasons behind just because spoilers um there's, there's quite a few films like that but yeah be nice to have a complete definite answer but i would lean towards the blood as well because there's quite a bit um, yeah, probably, ratings. probably it'd yeah. probably be yeah, a couple on. of uh a couple of uh you know theories it probably was you know a fair few of them rather than one sort of main theory and why it was shot in black and white which i think black and white looks it, it looks it looks really nice it looks more clean cut um the dark especially the lot because there's a quite a few dark scenes especially when yeah towards the ending as well i think that looks better in the dark rather than in the daytime uh, personally for me especially with lee marvin's character because he's dressed up in black uh, i thought it adds to it I love black and white films um, mm. myself. Uh, the thing I wanted to bring up is I know quite a few people are put off by black and white, but don't let it put you off. I mean, Psycho is still one of the greatest films yeah. ever, black and white. Um, nothing not to like. This film Raging Bull, one of the best films white. ever made, yeah. black and white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Schindler's List. Schindler's to point List. Out. Yeah. Even though that's uh, not a film yeah. I will watch again, but yeah, mm. but that, for different reasons. But yeah, mm. also a great film, black and white. Yeah. So yeah, don't so, be put off by the black and white. Indeed, I agree with that. Definitely yeah. not. Move on to ratings as we do our rating systems um, in cowboy hats. Of course, 10 being the best, one being, well, zero being the weakest. Jeff, how many cowboy hats? The Review Roundup. So yeah, for the Review Roundup, uh, for our final thoughts, um, yeah, like I said, there's not too many negative negativities for me with this film. I pretty much love and adore everything about this film. Um, I almost want to give it a full perfect score, but then again, I, I, I give a full perfect score to some other films. I don't, I don't think uh, it's, it's tough for me to say. I, uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this film, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, a near perfect score. I'm gonna give it nine and a half cowboy hats out of ten. I think that's what the score I'm gonna give it. Yeah, it's it's a damn fine film, and like you said, Dan, it's a great entry point as well for people who want to get into westerns. Like pretty much the two films we covered before, *The Magnificent Seven, *Mercenary*. Then watch this one. It's another great entry point for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a great film. Yeah, my my rating for this, I'm gonna give this. I almost like you, Jeff was wanted to give this a 10 but it just comes up a little bit short i'm going to go for the nine because i do like a little bit of gunplay uh, like i say very minor um nitpicks uh, on this movie because it is it's it's perfect it's a master class in acting with some legends of the western movie genre um an essential western essential american western for me yeah nine cowboy hats out of ten for me new dad yeah nicely put yeah nine was going to be my rating uh, exactly spot on uh, as i say i've got no negatives there are only two westerns off the top of my head i will give a perfect 10 which i'm, I'm sure you two both know and we'll I probably get to yeah um but yeah just to kind of reiterate again don't let black and white put you off. I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, who wants to get into westerns, 
a fantastic starting point for a story-driven character piece. For any Western fan who hasn't seen it, it's it's a must. Um, one of the very best classic American Westerns for me, a solid nine cowboy hats out of ten, which moves us on to releases available. Of course, Jeff's in the Netherlands. So what release do you have there? Yeah, and I don't think we have it on Blu-ray here, but I got the German import, so I think it's pretty much the same as the one that you got there on your shelf behind you, and Dan. I think it's the uh, yep. the Paramount, the standard Paramount Blu-ray uh, release of it. Of course, it has a German title on it, which does translate to the man who shall live with Valens. I mean, usually the Germans always funny they have they pick their own title and it doesn't really match up with the original, but this one actually does translate to the man who shall live with Valens. So. Um, yeah, it's, sadly, it's a bare-bones release. It doesn't really have special features on it, um, unfortunately. But uh, there is a 4K of it out, and I think I'm going to get that because it's... yeah. It's I do have that, but I haven't got it on there. Yeah. It, has, it does have a few features on there. Yeah. I do have the UK 4K and Blu-ray release, which was sent to us by Leslie from The Good, Bad, and the OK. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a release that you can get in many countries worldwide for a very affordable price. Uh, the Manish Shot Liberty Valance. Yeah, and it's uh, got to say it's a it's a very nice Blu-ray picture quality wise. Um, mm. It is definitely one though deserved of of many features because um, just of how good good the yeah. Western is. But sometimes that's how it is. The better the film, the less features it seems. Um, sometimes, um, yeah, it's really yeah. baffling. Sometimes, like which films like get get like stacks of special features. Like, like mm. if we take a look at like Jean Claude Van Damme movies, Street Fighter has like I don't know how many special features. Like Street Fighter, really. And then you look at something like Kickboxer, it has nothing. Yeah, you know, I'm, just just as a weird example. But yeah, it's yeah. weird sometimes which films they give you know a better treatment to than others in terms of the special features, but. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Yeah, I think we'll leave it with uh, Jeff. Say, yeah, coming up on the next episode, which is going to be episode four. Episode four already. Yeah, making uh, making progress. We're working our way through some episodes, and uh, yeah, we've done uh, now a classic western. Well, two classic westerns. We've done one classic uh, spaghetti western, and I do feel that for the uh, next episodes, it's time to bring it, you know, to a more contemporary. Uh, sort of era, I guess, <clears throat> of Western filmmaking. Although I haven't said that this film already is now, what, 20 years old, but mm -hmm. still more modern than the films that we talked about. And for our next episode, I have chosen the more modern Western with uh, directed by Kevin Costner and starring Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall as well. Open Range from, what's here, 2003, 2002? One of the two. And yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, not to get too far ahead, but this is one of my, it's always been one of my favorites. Actually, to get a little bit ahead, this was actually one of the first Westerns I saw that made me a Western fan. So I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to this particular episode. And uh, yeah, so that's what we we, that we will be covering for next episode. <laughs> so that's it for episode three of the Westerns for Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on the classic Western, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And do stay tuned for episode four, where we'll be talking about, as Jeff just discussed, open range. See you all on the next one. Take care, cowpokes. And we will see you all later. Lee Martin's terrorizing a small western town. Liberty Valance, the toughest man south of the picket wire.
next to me. But John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart are determined to bring him to justice. What kind of man are you? This kind, dude. <laughs> you better start packing a handgun. I don't want to kill him. I want to put him in jail. Out here, a man settles his own problems. Pilgrim! I hate tricks, Pilgrim. But that's what you're up against with Valance. He's almost as fast as I am. I don't like tricks myself, so that makes us even. Either you get out of town, or tonight you'll be out in that street alone. John Ford's Western classic, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance.